I know the minute one of those tops go on, the minute I put on the earrings, my whole body absolutely changes. And it's almost like how, what I wear that day determines how I will communicate with the world and how the world will communicate with me. That's Aoife Dunnikin, personal brand stylist, communications expert, and advocate for showing up visibly for yourself first. She believes your image is your instant language. Speak it and use it to communicate your message with impact and confidence. And in this episode of Your Truth Shared, we talk about the effect that image has on your sense of self as an articulation of who you are and what you are here to do with some useful insights that you can apply today to increase your visibility. I'm Fanola Howard, intuitive marketer, your host and founder of How Great Marketing Works. I believe that every business has a story to tell because that's how the market decides whether to buy or not. And your story has to resonate with who you are and with the people you want to serve. And this podcast is about helping you reach the market in a way that feels right to you. So if you're an entrepreneur with a dream you want to make real, then this is the podcast for you because great marketing is your truth shared. And today I have a lovely guest with me and her name is, and I always have lovely guests, <laughs> so, but I have Aoife Duncan, who is well known as the Style Bob with me today, because I felt it was really important to talk about this aspect of visibility as you grow your career, grow your business, move into the marketplace in a bigger way or in a very solid way. And it can't be understatement, understated how important this space is. So welcome, Aoife. Welcome, Fanola, and thank you for having me this gorgeous morning. <laughs> yes, fantastic. Yeah, I think you your journey has really shown the importance, and I think you've brought it much to, more to the fore, definitely in Ireland, about the importance of style, how it impacts. And even this morning, we were just joking about what I'm wearing today and what you're wearing today. And uh, do you want to explain what I'm wearing today and what you're wearing today? Because it's kind of interesting. It is. Well, um, I think when we got on the call, we, we were talking a little bit about, you know, how flat we can sometimes feel in the morning time. And I, I commented on your your lovely red top. And I said, you know, that's if we're feeling a little bit low about something, we need an extra little bit of energy because red is a color of adrenaline. Yeah. Uh, it's a great color to wear. And I was just, I just explained to you, it's a color that I would wear on my webinars because I'm reduced the size of a poster stamp. So yeah. I just need to hold people's attention and they need to focus and listen to me. And why I chose not to wear it this morning is that I'm very excited to be here anyway. <laughs> um, and I can, red can sometimes make me, you know, not to be overly excited, but, you know, really can get that massive uh, adrenaline rush to me. So for me, I decided to wear the calming color of purple this morning. Purple is the color of mediation and meditation. It's a very calming color and just it's what I need this morning to, I suppose, communicate what I want to get across um, in this podcast. So it's it's quite interesting. But yes, the red, looking at you with the red is almost is giving me that energy because, well, the color that, that you wear affects the person looking at you. So I, I'm feeling the adrenaline all the way from Dunmore's. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. And, and I wore it, well, I wore it because I'm thinking of you because I knew I was going to be chatting to you today. But just to share even... 
I knew I needed something this morning. So as a lot of you know that I've just had foot surgeries, sometimes it takes the energy from me and I feel tired. So I'm a little bit tired this morning and I just went, oh, I need this little lift and this will give me the lift. But I actually did it unconsciously. So it's kind of interesting as we spoke to bring it to my attention, bring it to our attention, the impact that it has. Um, but let's start at the beginning of your journey because because you've really experienced the impact of all these things. We 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 don't really we really underestimate the power of color, what we're wearing, how we're styled, everything for for how we show up. Actually, not just you know oh you feel really nice because you're wearing something nice. It's actually deeper, a bit deeper than that. And I'd love to poke around at that. But let's start with your story. So you grew up on a farm in the Midlands. But I love the story about your dad. Please share, because this, I think, is where, is it perhaps where it all triggered from? Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up like some, I'm the youngest of seven, um, the farm at home. And I suppose from the, the style and fashion, my love of fashion and all that is that I had, you know, uh, three, three brothers, three sisters, but my, my one of my sisters was exceptionally um, talented and I suppose would have had ignited my love of clothes. But I suppose I'll park that for a second. Um, because when it comes to my dad, it was quite interesting that, you know, my dad wore many hats. I mean, although he, he was a farmer at home, he was heavily involved in racing, plowing, GAA, and he also was an auctioneer. So he, he had lots of different sides to him. And I, I remember kind of looking at dad and what he wore and you know, he could be going to the mart on Thursdays to sell cows and he'd wear something. And then he could be going as an auctioneer. And I remember he always had a, you know, back then we called it a sports coat um, mm. and the cords and all that or a suit. And when he dressed that particular way, I actually knew where he was going because his voice almost changed. And he was that different person. He needed to go from, I suppose, you know, the guy out in the muck with, with the cows to actually being the auctioneer and, and you know trying to, to you know raise the bids and get people to trust him to, to do what he what he was doing and it was always fascinating looking at him you know standing up with his gavel and going gosh you know that wasn't him an hour ago when he couldn't yeah. be out pulling cows or whatever and um, and then seeing him you know go to all his different associations and you know we were very he was very heavily involved in the plowing um, and he would have to do quite a lot of talks for that and he had a certain green jacket for that that, that he wore and he, it's almost like his clothes told him what to say and he became that person. He became more upright. So I remember as a child, I was seeing that from a very, very early age. Then my father was practicing personal branding um, before I even knew about it. And I suppose a, a very funny story about him is that the day after we got married, you know, I, I got married at a black tie wedding and, and my dad had to wear these big long black tails and waistcoat and white dicky bow. But the day after he rocks up at the breakfast table, we stayed in this in this hotel, and he was wearing the very same thing. And I said, "Dad, what are you wearing?" And he, he had the dicky bow, perfect. He had everything. This is like ten o'clock the next day. And he said, "Well, I forgot my outfit for the next day, so I just said I'd wake up and I just get myself dressed and show up." And I remember, and people thought that he was on the raz all night. And my father never drank, but. It's just he thought, well, actually, you know, I just need to show up the next day because I have no choice. So it was almost like the show must go on. And um, I suppose from that, that was one side. My sisters were extremely gifted and talented. And 
I think when I was born, they were all in their, their teenage phase. And even one of them at that time was very gifted with her hands. And she was making me things like taffeta dresses. And you can imagine now for my seventh birthday party, a big tra- taffeta dress with, with hoops. And, you know, you've got jump zone in, in, in Dublin and you have the equivalent down, you know, down there. Can you imagine going to a birthday party uh, <laughs> with hoops and taffeta? But it was at a very high level she you know she would fly to london she was she was you know the eighties. she'd emigrate to the states there was no jobs here she sent me home vogue another sister sent me home kind of a, a package every month so i was always used to i suppose something a little bit different um i performed a lot as a child um i did used to sing at weddings and funerals and it's amazing i had this one laura ashley dress and the minute i put it on i felt okay i can stand up now and get through this song so clothes were always very much part of my message and what I was doing. And it allowed me to wear the lots of different hats I needed to wear um, as a child. So that, that's kind of the very basic foundation of, I suppose, where it starts in terms of my, my love for, for clothes and the power of clothes more so than the actual clothes themselves, if that makes sense. Do you think we understand that? As business owners, and also my second question is, um, because when we spoke, I think the interesting part of this is that your clients are both male and female. Like, I like, I, I, I don't want, it's a question of, I don't want a man listening to this podcast thinking, sure, that doesn't apply to me. Because your lovely story about your father, you know? Yeah. It's a, it's a great question. And do, do people know us? I think... If people don't know it and don't use it, they're they're really underestimating the power of it, if that makes sense. Because I always talk about the ABC of communication, which is appearance, behavior, and communication. Because if it was about what we wore, Finola, that would be a sad place as well. Because word, word is always going to be king. But it's how we can actually use our image to give impact and power to our word. So interestingly enough, when I work with kind of men and women. Funny enough, I find men get it really quickly. Yeah. Oddly enough. And I, you, would, you would have thought, oh, Why? men would see a split up. And I think what it is, is that certainly with men, when, when I started presenting first night men in the room, I was like, oh no, you know, the others are just going to think this, what is she talking about? This is going to be so pink. And when I talked about a modern looks, a modern mind, I could see a few guys in the room going, oh, okay. Um, and, you know, I so said, if you, if you want to look that your thoughts are still modern, your dress should reflect that. And I remember looking around the room and they were all kind of, what, what do you mean by that? So it was quite interesting that the questions came from them more so than the women. But when we talk about that importance of image, we talk about the ABC. The appearance is, the A for the appearance is, yes, it's, it's, it's actually grooming more so than what we wear. And I can turn up to an interview looking, wearing fabulous clothes, but if my shoes are dirty or if my, my nails are not clean, I'll actually just become, which car was that? Oh yeah, do you remember the car with the dirty nails? You you don't want to be that person, right? Because you want to remember for something else. The behavior piece is so important in our communication because it is, it's kind of how we're reared, Mm. you know, how we feel our handshake, all those kind of things. And then that communication piece up to 90% is non-verbal and it's so important that when those three 
are aligned, the message just lands. I actually used a great example years ago of Barack Obama in 2014. He turned up to do a, you know, a press address and he was wearing a kind of a creamy man from Del Monte kind of suit. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and Barack would always say, I, you know, I'm not into fashion, that's, that's Michelle's gig. But he turned up in this, in this suit. And what happened was, is that he was giving a very important message at the time, maybe something to do with the Taliban, it was something really, really important. But all the, all the um, I suppose, the press from, the, from his, his interview was all to do with Tangate. They called it Tangate. And they said, does he look like he's gone to the Hamptons for the weekend? What, what's he wearing? And the problem was that, you know, his message wasn't aligned or his, or his, or his outfit was not aligned to his message. So he would have been better off there sticking to what he usually wears, actually, which is he wears a lot of blue for communications, blue, um, blue suits, navy blue suits and his ties. So when he didn't do that, that's what was recorded and that was what was reported. So for me, it's the power of aligning all Three and when I when I speak to students about this, and they would say to me, "Oh yeah, but it's just a guy from a tech company wearing Audi and interviewing me. Like, am I not going to look ridiculous in a neat shirt?" And I said, "You don't have the job yet. Mm. You don't have it to show that wonderful sign of respect." Um, and it's funny, my son works in a gift shop, and I said to him one day, "Why aren't you wearing your, you know, what they all these teenagers wear? Why aren't you wearing your your tracksuit bottoms?" He goes, "Ah, no, and I wouldn't do that. No, wear the jeans." You know, so it's funny that. Oh, he's gotten it from you. Fantastic. Well, I don't know if he has because you saw what he turns up in sometimes. <laughs> but it's more that he was giving the respect to people. And I know from working in my time in professional services and seeing, you know, 180 graduates starting every year and by them showing up, you know, with, with clean clothes, neatly presented, it showed a massive respect to the organization. So it, it is more that it's not by all how we dress the be all end up, not at all. But well, let's just take a moment because you're dropping great insights just all the time. And I just kind of want to capture them. Like there's three really strong messages that you've that have come across here. One is oh, actually four. I just thought of the other one that I, I kind of want to pay attention to. One is this idea of showing up, you know, of occupying the space like saying you're ready, like, you know, the thought that's gone into even us showing up today and the fact that you consciously chose a color that was, you know, mediation, communication, calming is a perfectly appropriate for us to have a positive, constructive conversation. That's huge. Right. So that that's a big message for people. The other one I really love is this idea of alignment, because I talk about alignment in all my work. So, you know, aligning values with the organization, you know, aligning the business with the purpose. I talk about this stuff all the time. I never thought about the clothes and the style being in alignment. Like really interesting, even, you know, what you're wearing, what it communicates, your other message of respect, showing respect. Also, even, you know, if we're on a webinar or on a podcast, we were, we're showing respect to the person that's in the room with us, that's listening to us. It's a really important part of the message. And your last wonderful one is the modern mind one, which I want you to say more about. Like, don't dismiss it. That was a gem. Like, tell us more. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I was having this conversation with, with somebody a few weeks ago who is making a presentation to a board on the five-year strategy or something. 
And we were speaking about what she was going to wear, which was going to be quite conservative, actually. And not that we wanted to have her coming in in a leopard print dress or something. But I said to her, you're working with this company 20 years. And this has been your look for 20 years. I'm not I'm saying that there's anything wrong with that, but you're coming in. You want to show them that your ideas are still relevant and fresh and modern. And if you go in there wearing the very same look that you wore 20 years ago, your what you present to them is not going to be as credible, as believable as it could be. And it wasn't that we were trying to change your style into walking in there with a red suit. It's even a small little thing of, okay, let, let's, let's, you like a navy suit because that's, that's your thing. But let's put an interesting color underneath. Maybe let's have the cuff with the neon stripe. Let's do something to show that you have moved on as well with your style. So that's the little tiny, because, because remember, Fanola, we're always giving tiny little, little, um, clues as to who we are. Always, you know, it could be a directional heel of a shoe is quite modern. It could be an interesting necklace is to show that kind of extrovert side of you. So we're always, so it's, it's to actually hone in on that. And as a lump, we talk about the three word method in a while, but that, that was a great example. And I remember her saying to me, she said, actually, you're right. I, I can't go in looking the same. And, you know, I said, I wanted to show that I'm constantly keeping it fresh of new methods and new everything else. So I myself uh, need to do that, which is ironic because I'm, I'm laughing at my own. Uh, hair has been the same for 50 years. Um, but, you know, I've, I've, I've modernized my own style actually every decade. And I remember listening to um, Emma Thompson, the actress, mm. talking about relationships, actually. And she made a great comment, which I, which I use for people at their style. She said, every 10 years, you know, you need just to reboot, regroup and reboot. And I thought, actually, that's so important. It's not a massive change here because we can't, because then it's not authentic. It, we do need to think about what is the message we're giving and how, especially as we get older, Fanon, it's really important because I want to feel relevant, modern and visible in my clothes. So if I want to feel like that, I will wear that. And I want to go off that vibe, especially me coming into this career in my you know mid-40s and I work a lot with young people. So when I walk into that room, I just want to be, oh, what does this person know? So I, I have little tiny things that I can connect with all generations. And I do that through interesting things on my clothes. And it's a question for you. One of the things around growing a business and what I see with a lot of entrepreneurs is I find myself saying, you know, because I talk about brand story and how you communicate and how you message and how you put your business together, and your your offerings together and all the rest of it. But I often find myself saying, stop hiding. I say this a lot and people will have heard me saying this. Do you feel that, you know, your lack of consciousness about your clothes is another indication of hiding? Like that another, you know, if you look in the mirror and go, am I hiding today? You know, when we talk about visibility, am I hiding today? Like even asking that question. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's actually a great question because I'll be totally honest with you, there's days that we just want to hide and that's okay, mm. right? Over the pandemic, when I went into my local supermarket dressed head to toe in black, really what I was saying to the outside world is don't talk to me. 
And that's okay because I can't be up, I'm an extrovert kind of person, I can't be up all the time. But if you hide too much when you are trying to, let's say, if you're an, an entrepreneur, you're trying to get to the next level, what happens is that you're actually standing in your own way. You're creating your own obstacle. And the one thing I was saying, this is so important about showing up, there's two aspects to this, is that if I'm an, uh, you know, starting a new business, I like to go to a bank or I'm, I'm networking in a room. When, you walk, when you're in that room, and if you are dressed appropriately, I mean dressing to feel great, no one in that room knows whether you're the CEO or you're a student. Mm. Nobody knows. You, you can stand there and actually give that impression of. The other thing about, I suppose, hiding is that if you hide, you don't show up. Okay? You do not show up. If you don't show up, nothing happens. So 80% of success is showing up. And, you know, you have to want to show up. It's a bit like back to the supermarket story. The day you go down dressed absolutely like, I don't mean crap, not in your best, it's when you meet everybody. The day you go down looking half decent, it's when you want to meet everybody. So you have to want to show up. And, and if you are wearing something, I'm not talking about being fashionable, cool, all those things. If you are wearing something that you genuinely feel good in, you will want to show up. I had an amazing, I suppose, learning curve myself before Christmas of... I went to this lady's house and she, she said to me, I was there for a consultation and we were going to do my wardrobe and our colors and all of that. And she said to me, I don't want to do this. And I said, okay. So I said, why don't we just have a cup of tea? Because that seems to always solve a lot of problems. And I said, well, what is it? And she goes, look, I don't feel good about myself. And I've got to be somewhere today and I'm not going. And she described to me where she, sorry, where she needed to go. And it was really important. I obviously can't share too much, but it was, it was really mm. important. So I said to her in the back of my mind, I said, I actually have to get that woman there. She needs to go. So to cut a long story short, we, I kind of forced her, <laughs> much forced her into clothes. I forced her to put on some makeup. I forced her to kind of nearly get into the car and go to this lunch. And that night I came home and I said, you know, I said to my husband, I said, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. I, I went, I crossed the line. I crossed the professional line. But she called me the next day and she said, I am so glad I showed up. Mm. I am so glad, she said. And she went in, I think someone made some nice comment to her and said, oh, that's a nice color you're wearing. And it was a small thing, a small but a big thing. And she said, I, she said, thank you. And I, and I spent the whole night worrying for Nola that I had, pushed it too much. And I was presenting the next day to, um, it was actually Tourism Ireland. And I put up the slide, I put up the slide, I said 80% of success is showing up. You will only show up if you're confident to show up. And, 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 you know, she taught me such a massive lesson. And I suppose that lesson stays with me professionally in terms of the value of what I do. And I'm any image consultant does. And um, because I never went into this, but it's never about clothes for me. It was always to do with self-expression and confidence because that's that's what clothes has done for me in my personal life. So it was never, if I wanted to go into this about clothes, I would have started retail years ago. I would have, it was never about that for me. So I love, it, but I love her one-liner because I need to repeat it. I'm so glad I showed up. You know, when we think about when you have your own business and it's hard, you know, the days, you know, because I'm having a challenge today because I'm in pain. But the 
like right now, I would say to you, I'm so glad I showed up because it did go through my mind this morning saying, oh, like, will I do this? Will I put Eva off? And I went, no, no, no. And I put on my red. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> but I have a question for you now to flip the other side back to this. I'm glad, I'm so glad I showed up. This idea of imposter syndrome is so prevalent everywhere. A real challenge around it. Um, but... I suppose what I'm asking is, isn't this an entry point to to helping imposter syndrome to take them to this place where they say, I'm so glad I showed up? Absolutely. I mean, look, I, I was saying recently in a talk I was doing, it takes effort to be effortless. And yeah. I, I, I know you could say that could mean close, but that's everything in life. It's like, you know, the the makeup that's natural that took two hours, the presentation that's that took 10 hours of prep, it's all those things. And I think that whole piece around our clothes is that it's a layer in showing up. And once you know that layer is taken care of, you kind of want to show up. It's a bit like someone saying to you, you know, if not, we're, we're, we've got two weeks of gigs going on, this is really, and you go, oh my God, what am I going to wear? Because actually that's the first thing that comes into a lot of people's mind, believe it or not. But if you know you've got, oh, look, I know that top really works for me. I know I feel confident in that. Because I always say to people, my, I could, I could have a webinar. I had a webinar recently and it's going to be 500 people on the webinar. And I woke up that morning, my kids were killing each other. And I was like, oh my God, how am I going to turn up today? How, like, you know, everything was going wrong. And it's amazing. I have four red tops from Nola for Zoom. Four. I'm so sick of them now. <laughs> I was sick of burn them. But I know the minute that goes on, one of those tops go on, the minute I put on the earrings, my whole body absolutely changes. And it's almost like how, what I wear that day determines how I will communicate with the world and how the world will communicate with me. And it's then I go, when I press start meeting on that webinar that I hated wanting to do three hours ago, I'm actually excited. And I'm not worried about my clothes. And the whole thing as well, actually, is when you're making a presentation or something and, you know, you've got your slides ready and you've all that, what, what you don't want your clothes to do, by the way, is annoy you. And what I mean by that is, am I pulling at a, am I fixing the top back? Am I, am I checking if my, I'm overexposed? Am I fix all those things? Because if you're doing that, you're taking your attention off the word and you cannot afford to do that. So my four Zoom tops that I have, um, I, they don't need fixing. Uh, they, they fit me properly. They give me the energy because they're all red for the energy I need. And there's a little bit of structure in them that reminds me um, to kind of keep myself structured as well. Uh, because I, I remember years ago doing a presentation and I was very nervous actually. And this lady uh, lifted my chest up. She just grabbed my rib cage, actually lifted it up. And it's amazing how the energy came into my voice. So as I talked to you this morning, I have got a, um, what's you call it? I've got a pillow mm. at my lower base to keep my uh, chest up, to keep my voice raised. Because when I keep my voice raised, there's energy in my voice. So there's all these little hacks I Love use it. to want to show up. Now, the Americans actually use, I do a lot of work with the image consultants in the States, they all say to me, but where's your anti-fatigue mat? I'm like, what's an anti-fatigue mat? And they're like, it's, you keep your, your feet grounded into this mat because they say that if you're a comedian and you're on stage, that you 
your your legs are supposed to be like branches grounded in and that only the rest of your body moves. And this is for somebody who may not be animated on Zoom, but they present standing up instead of sitting down. I'm a relatively animated person, so I haven't gone that way, but I've had a couple of clients um, present standing up and keeping themselves grounded. But the Americans use it all the time with certain people I'm working with where they present standing up on an anti-fatigue mat. And again, it, these are all tiny little things in your toolkit. It's never about one thing. But such a difference it can make. Such a difference it can make. If I even take this, you know, cushion away, my voice has gone down and I'm not doing that on purpose. And then I just put it back in here and the voice is back up and I feel upright and in control. I'm sure no one's going to fire some bad question at me, but I feel, I do feel in control. <laughs> But I, I like I like a reframe of this. This is kind of interesting that, you know, we're, we talk about things like social media schedulers and artificial intelligence and chat GPT and all that. This is one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those tiny, small thing, but it's a big thing. And like in life, you know yourself, it's never about one thing. It's a bit like the career we choose towards, you know, let's say I change career. It's never about one thing. It's it's a number of things. And we talk about that wisdom of turning a big age. It's the number of things that come together that, that are in your armor. That's mm. that's what it is. I love you did a post recently on LinkedIn where <laughs> you're eventually turning 50. And so you wrote 50 things. And yeah. I was reading the comments afterwards, you know, 50 pieces of our, our insights or, you know, things that you were thinking of. And I ended up with, I said, I just highlight the ones there that resonate with me. And I'm like, highlight, highlight, highlight. But there was one that I want, three that I want to repeat back to you because there were 33, 34 and 35. Buy what you love, not what you like. Stop overly buying handy clothes. And too much handy leaves little room for fabulous. Too much handy leaves little room for fabulous. I just loved it. I just loved that. Yeah, that, it's funny. I, I picked my top five um, in that, that, that actually would be the one thing I would say. And when I say that in my presentation, the amount of people that just go, ah, because what happens in life, there's loads going on with those three statements, right? I mean, the buy what you love, not what you like pieces that we, I use that a lot in my sustainability webinars because we just end up buying stuff because we go, ah, oh, it's grand, it's handy, you know, gosh, that's great. Look, it's like six, six euro, like it's handy. We just, or as you're bored in town, oh, look, I just go buy a pair of leggings, it's just handy for the gym. And it, I, I, my own personal story about that one day was I, I bought a top of Marks and Spencer's, it was like seven euro or something, and I, said to myself, that'd be handy for painting. And I tried the top on. And the only reason I made the time to go back and return it is that that top was going to remind me in my wardrobe that I don't actually paint. <laughs> and most of said, you don't even paint. <laughs> so I'm waiting for this moment that's going to happen after 50 years that I've got to start painting. You know, I'm not talking about painting walls and stuff. I'm no interest in doing that. So you remind me of that. So the reason why I brought it back in is I don't need that population in my wardrobe because there's so many other things in there that I want to wear. So when I say to people from a sustainability point of view, buy what you love, not what you like, is that 
you know, I, I use the Michael Leary thing where if we to go away for a weekend and pack 10, 10 kg bag, if we have loads of handy, basic like stuff in our wardrobe, we cannot pack that bag because we've nothing we love. And if you have nothing you love to go away for a weekend, you know, you, you just feel a bit flat about going away. So that piece around, if you love it, you wear it. And if there's too much handy, because you can go out and say, I'm going to buy four handy tops. And if you said to yourself, actually buy some warm thing fabulous for the price of those handy chops, it means you always have it. And if I have fabulous in my wardrobe, not everything can be fabulous because to walk the dog and do all those things. If I have fabulous things in my wardrobe, it gets back to, I want to show up. Have you ever in your life, Nola bought something and you go, oh, I really like that. Where can I wear it? I want to go somewhere. Somebody asked me somewhere. Somebody asked me something. And you're so excited to wear it. But if it's too much handy, Handy's boring. It's like it's great for the dog or if you paint, Handy's you know. Handy's compromise. Handy's compromise. And we are, we're not all, we are so, we're very complex individuals for a start, mm. but I, we're all fabulous. And I think we should have pieces in their wardrobe that represent that. I, I own a leopard print jacket up there. I bought it in 2005. And I remember at the time um, going, good Jesus, why do I need a leopard print jacket? It mm. was in the sale. It was a beautiful design around. And at the time, it was it was big money. But I went, I have to have this. This is just so beautiful. I wore that jacket last week. We're talking mm. 17, 18 years later, I'm wearing that jacket because I still, that still makes me seem the very same way I felt that I did when I bought it, all those things. So I could have gone out that day and said, uh, I'm not buying leather. I'm not buying an leather. But would you go as far as to say that we're chipping away at our psyches with handy, with compromise, with when we could consciously choose to use this simple tool that adds this little piece extra to how we feel about ourselves, to how we sit up straight, to how we embrace our own brilliance. Like I'm even sitting up straighter with every word. This is such an accessible tool for everyone to step into their own brilliance. I'd like to go that far. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we all have brilliance inside us and we need to use whatever it is, an image is part of that, to bring that out. Because if not, the work, we look beige and we mm. are in a world of noise, as we know that. We are in a world of noise and we need to make ourselves rememberable in so many ways. And, and also that visibility piece. I, I, I describe, I want my style for me. I want to feel my clothes relevant, modern and visible. And that visible piece, you might say when I walk down the street, no, it's when I look in the mirror, that original question of looking in the mirror, that I am visible to myself mm. because that's the first person I have to be visible to. Absolutely. Mm. And loads of handy in my wardrobe is not going to make me visible to myself. Visible to myself. Oh, I have goosebumps. I'm just writing that down, Aoife. <laughs> the other lovely one that you talk about is consider what you wear as part of your communication strategy. That's the other fancy way of saying visible to myself as well. But it is. Yeah. Um, you have this great thing that you do when you're working with clients, which is you start with your three words task. Do you want to share with people about that, please? Yeah. 
so the, the three words task, I suppose, is the three words to describe our style. It's been, you know, around quite a while. But what I suppose it helps to do. So before I work with anyone, be it for person shopping, editing the wardrobe, whatever I'm doing, is that I I ask two questions. I ask, how do you want it feeling your clothes? Or that's that's a question. How do you want to be described? And what three words would describe your style? So what that indicates to me, for example, if someone says to me that they their personality is is shy and conservative, I'm not going to give them a lecture print coat because they're just going to not wear that. Or, but if somebody says, I want to be seen as relevant and modern, that's where I can push them a little bit with color. But when it goes back to three words and it comes to your style, what the three words does is that it helps you when you're out shopping to buy what you are and not to buy what you're not. So for me, my three words, I have actually really fixed them too, which would be, um, I'm kind of, I like tailored, unpredictable. They're my two at the moment, and I'm trying to actually tie down my third. And the reason why you need three words is that if you only use one word, you're limiting yourself. So let's say if I just, as I said to you, oh, I just like tailored clothes. That means I'm going around all the time in everything ridiculously tailored. It's not, I like unpredictability in my clothes, which means that I could, you know, wear yellow and red together, or I could wear yellow and purple because I, my life and I, I've spoken to you in more detail about this. I have so many areas of my life. I have so many different friends. I've done so many different things in my life that my clothes almost need to represent that. So you'll never see me in head-to-toe classic clothing because that's not, I suppose, how my mind thinks. But when I, when I go out and I'm shopping, and like I know myself, I'm not a romantic dresser. So I've stopped. I've had to say to yourself, don't buy flowers because it's just not you. Okay, so I bought flowers, sit in my wardrobe. I don't wear them. I love a, I love a symmetrical print. I don't like a, a flower print. So the three words, when I get them down with people, it helps when you go out to buy what you are and not buy what you're not. So I know when I'm out and I see, you know, um, a tailored blazer, or I love a blazer. I, I'll say, oh, that's great. But then I might see like silver leather trousers. That could be my unpredictable side. And I'll go, oh, actually... So I don't want to be fully tailored. I'm overly tailored and elegant today. So I'm going to add in a little bit of edge. So I'll always add in edge. And that's one really good style tip actually that is important here about the power of one. When I get dressed, I'll always add one thing that will change up my looks. So if I feel I'm too classic, because I would, I would put classic in one way as well, but words. if I'm too classic, I probably look at my shoes and go, okay, let's just change to a silver trainer here. Or if I feel that I'm overly um, cool, I'll say, oh, I know I'm a bit too trendy here. You know what? I'm actually going to take off this and I'm going to put on an even blazer because the rest of me is too cool. So the three words kind of help me look what's the one item as well in each change to make sure my three words are represented in every... It's really such a balanced way of thinking about it, but I also really am inspired by the fact that you're still picking those words. Yes, even more so. Yeah. Even more so. And they're actually more important for Noel as I turn that big decade because, you know, we spoke about this the other day that we are in our prime. Mm. But I look like I'm dressing in my prime. And it's not about, I always say this to people, it is never about being the most beautiful, skinniest, tallest person in the room. It is about going, 
how do I put my best best self forward? What is it that I can wear that gets across who I really am? And I, one of the reasons when I actually work in professional service, one of the reasons why I actually went in and set up Style Bob and, and changed career is that I've always been fascinated by women communication. I remember looking at a woman one time standing up to, to present and she was maybe about five foot. Not that she was this big presence or anything, but she put on this blazer with, with shoulder pads. And I knew the minute she stood up, this woman's going to be a cracker. And she was. She just, but she knew she needed something to kind of make her quite upright and just communicate uh, the best thing. So there's so many words, so many hard said meanings of those three words. But I know when I get someone's three words tied down, I can shop for them. And for me personally, I know what I'm not. I'm not going to be the flower dress girl. It's not directional enough for me, but it's, it could be fabulous on my other clients because that suits her. I'm not going to be the all black person because I'm not a full introvert, but I could work with introverts and say, actually, I'm going to put you in a lot of black, but then we put a tiny splash of color in because if I put you head to toe red, it is way outside your comfort zone and you're not going to wear that. So it's very much getting in touch with yourself. And it's a bit like when you get to this age as well, you know what you like and you know what you don't like. And it's actually okay to say, I don't like that. I know you like it, but I don't. So the three words helps me being really clear when I'm shopping. And I'm quite, I'm quite directional now when I shop. But also it's not just clear in your shopping. You're also really clear in your business. Uh, Very much. Yeah. And the other thing that's coming to me as well is because of your story of things you've had in your wardrobe for a while, you're, you're kind of saying to me, we have permission to keep these beautiful pieces that we love, you know, in this in this society that's consumption. And I know it's all changing and, you know, the recognition of fast fashion and stuff. This piece that you you take this cost per wear approach you, we spoke about and I really like yep. that. But I like that if if and I know from starting to work with you, we've just started that that. It's not about you have to throw everything out. It's not. It is a sustainable approach, but it's a sustainable approach that it's who you are, what you are. You know, it's it makes sense. And it's not worrying about, oh, I've worn that. on. I like the fact that you have three or four Zoom tops. And I'm like, OK, so you wear the same ones every time because of their impact. And I, that's yep. just fantastic. And grounded. Yeah. I tested one time a blue top on Zoom. Didn't work. I didn't have the energy. It's amazing. I felt so flat. Blue's color of trust and communication, but I, I have to create energy on a Zoom call because I'm reduced to this size. And it's interesting that it didn't work. But, but that piece about knowing who you are in terms of I'm working on my four C's at the moment. Think about the four P's. I'm working on my four C's. And I suppose the first one is to classify who you are. And that classification is two things. It's your three words. Who really are? And your second thing is classify your lifestyle. Sometimes I look at my wardrobe and I think I'm Sarah Jessica Parker and I'm going for cocktails every night of the week. You know, I'm a mother with three kids. You know, and, and my husband says, I think you've enough uh, drinks, clothes, hon. Yeah, I think I probably do. But so my lifestyle right now is I am back presenting face to face. I'm also doing Zooms. I'm out with clients. So I am saying, it's like anyone who's hybrid working now, you don't need the same level of workflows that you do. So the classification is, who am I? What's my lifestyle? 
Then you need to cleanse the wardrobe. Back to the three words. I'm cleansed at the moment. Does that top represent anything to do with my three words? Yes or no? Is it going to be part of my lifestyle? And it's very easy for me then to cleanse. And then the next piece, I suppose, is then you curate the wardrobe. But it's very much back to who am I? Who my business? Where am I going? You know, I, I, someone said to me, was Style Bob a hobby? No, Style Bob's not a hobby. Style Bob is, you know, this is a business. This is, I would call myself, you know, a motivational speaker. I call myself, this is a business. So when I stand up there in front of people wearing a structured suit, I'm very much saying, you know, rather than a flowery dress or something like that, because I wouldn't represent who I am. I'm very much saying, no, this is actually me professionally showing up as the brand of Style Bob. Love it. What would you love people to walk away with today? Well, great question. I, I think I'd give the biggest thing at the start, actually. And it's one thing that I use myself personally is don't wait to look and feel fabulous because everybody who is listening to this podcast and anyone I will encounter, I always say everyone has the right and power to, to look and feel fabulous. And I mean that from a confidence piece to show up. When I hear people say to me, I will work with you when I lose X. I will do this when I do X. The reality is, I'm not saying X is not going to come. But you, one of my things in my 50 pieces, Fadola was saying, you have to get dressed every day. Every single day we have to get dressed. So you have to make it count. So don't put feeling fabulous off. And what a lot of people do is that, you know, our weight fluctuates all the time. You know, there's, we talk about all the things that go on with hormones and all those kind of things. So what I would say to people like that is that in your wardrobe, make sure that what you're trying to choose from every day are, are actual options. What I mean is it's not your dev's dress there from whatever, 1990, whatever it is. So I'm not saying Mine's that you don't red. wear your dev's <laughs> I can see you wearing a red dive stress, but that they are pieces that fit you today. And I'm not saying, oh, does that mean I'm never going to fit into X? Don't have those clothes that you don't fit into. Remind you every day that you are not fitting into them. Put them in another room and have you wardrobe because you have to get dressed. You, It's like putting things off. It's like not showing up. I'm not going to show up because nothing to wear. There's always going to be something lurking forever in the back that you can actually wear. That's the most important thing. The second thing I would say is be friend image. It is not, again, about glossy beauty, all those things. Be friended. What can I choose? What, what is my personal brand? What is my three words? How can what I wear today, you know, help that? So I always say to people, rather than think it's all about, you know, how you look, I say, number one, how do I want to feel today? Okay, and number two, what impression do I want to make? And look how image, and if you, if it starts with you, it doesn't mean you're forced into image. Because the one thing I would ever, would not like if somebody was to work with me and say, okay, well, what's she going to force me into? No, no, no. I'm not going to force you into anything. I am going to ask you how you want to feel and we're going to work from there. So I take control back. First of all, by saying, how do I want to feel today? And then secondly, it's the impression. And that first impression is absolutely important. The third thing is, this is not about getting a whole new wardrobe, honestly, because 
And if we were to do that, you know, that would be, that's an expensive exercise. Mm -hmm. But if you can start with those kind of four C's again, classify, who am I? What's my lifestyle, right? What do I need to cleanse? And then I can curate a wardrobe, say, okay, I've got, I don't know, a wedding coming up. I've got two presentations coming up. I've got an interview coming up. I've got to meet the bank. I'm trying to raise money for someone to invest in my brand, whatever it is. Okay, do I have the, the clothes there to support those things? It's not, it's to always, it's to support, it's to align. So I would say to people, don't paint this image thing as fickle because what it can do to your confidence is absolutely huge. I, I suppose I, I live it every day and my own personal story, and I shared this with you, we're going back to work on a seven-year career break. And going back in that first day to a global firm and being absolutely terrified and not really having a clue and hadn't worked in marketing so long. That was my background. But I use clothes to give the impression that I was still with them. I didn't wear the same clothes I wore back in my early marketing days. I used a lot of color um, to show innovation. I was working with a lot of people much younger than me, you know, and I, and I said to you after five days, People were shocked that I hadn't worked in seven years because I gave that impression mm. of owning it all, but looking like I was on top of things. But inside, I was absolutely shaking, absolutely shaking. But I just gave that impression, obviously, to myself in a way and to them. So you gave yourself should, the best chance. I gave myself the best chance. And like mm. I said, it, it's to befriend it as opposed to be afraid of it and don't put it off. Yeah. Do not and, and and is it a case of, you know, and I do a lot of work obviously with sustainability and I'm always trying to get people to use their clothes, but make your next purchase something fabulous. Oh, that's a good one to leave it on. <laughs> that's a good one to leave it on. Whatever it is, you know, if it's red leather, just do it. If it's you, you know, life is too short. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Aoife. That was fantastic. Thank you very much, Fanola. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you'd like to find out more about Aoife, check her out on thestylebob.com or on Instagram at thestylebob. And if you'd like to support the show, please leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and reach out and let me know your takeaways from this episode. What you'd like to know more about, just send me a message and I'll see you next week.